This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today we have a very special guest, and she is Geraldine Orozco. She is the owner of the Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California. She oversees the international experiencer support group called HybridMother.com, and she's currently writing her book, DNA Origins and the Hybridization Program. In 2017, she underwent several hypnotic regressions that uncovered a lifelong history of abduction and participation in human hybridization, with 24 hybrid children as a result. Geraldine, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking out your time this evening, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. All right, so can we start with the day of your contact? Yeah, so um, in 2013, uh, I experienced the life-changing experience. And prior to this, I'm an entrepreneur for over 10 years. I had an event planning company. And I began working with uh, meditation and training under a shamanic energy healer that began to train me meditation. So early on, so just right before that, let me just give you a little, you know, how did we end up in that situation? Sure. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, years before that, in 2008, 2009, I began um, working with meditation. and, And as a result, of learning to meditate and seeing the incredible results of meditation in my life, in my business, in my career, in, in uh, you know, my family relationships, everything, in my health, um, I decided to fund a, a meetup group called Bay Area Meditation. And we started from 10 people and expanded up to 700 people. And it turned into a business where I was now teaching to companies like Google and Facebook here in the Bay Area. Wow. So it was very exciting to do that. And I really went very deep into learning about meditation and what it does for us. And what I began to discover with my own work, internal work, is that I began to peel layers of perception of myself in such a deep way that I ended up coming into a point of, I guess, uh, a neutrality, a neutral state of understanding that I was not all of these ideas of, uh, you know, identities that I had taken on, like whatever it was that I was living up to uh, to that point. And um, in so I, I had been working on meditation a lot. And one evening in October 2013, um, I wake up at 3.33 in the morning, exactly on the dot, I, mm. I, I wake up to an incredibly bright light in my room. And as I look down at my phone, it says 3.33. And, um, you know, I wait for a minute because I'm thinking somebody is trying to either call attention to our home or, or trying to break in. I wasn't sure what was happening because I live in a very quiet neighborhood. Mm. So I put my phone down and I go up to the window. And as I'm looking through the blinds, I'm seeing the light get even brighter. And then next thing I know, my entire body goes uh, in, into Uh, paralyzes, you know, I can't move. So uh, I'm being taken from the inside of my window out into over the garage, or I have a garage over my, um, you know, right outside my window. And I'm being taken by these uh, six tall grays that are about seven feet tall with these giant eyes that are bringing me into something that looks like a lenticular craft. And so before that moment, I never 
uttered the word alien or, you know, had them in my paradigm before that moment. So it was very interesting to um, to see them, you know, it was paradigm shattering. So when I go into the craft and I remember everything in detail, I came across my aunt that was also there. Um, mm. And um, they introduced me, which which later on turns out that she had been abducted that same night, and she also recalls she she also went through hypnosis to kind of relive that night as well. Um, but um, the most impactful thing of that experience was that I was introduced to children that were presented as my own. Okay, so mm. it was eight children out of the eight children. They, they presented to me a prism, which would uh, unfold and expand holographically within the room. And every one of these eight layers would produce a different kind of information. I was presented extraterrestrial language, some kind of language that was very mathematical, uh, almost like an algorithm mixed with, with uh, mathematical s- signatures and very, very strange uh, language that... The best way I can describe it, they speak in infinities. Their concepts are in infinities. You know, we we mm. couldn't understand how how to translate that language. But they then showed me other things in regards to supposed other experiences that I had, maybe uh, maybe the parallel lives that I had been living at that time, or past lives that I had been living with them uh, in in ple in the Pleiades. They showed me the Pleiades. And then they continued to present me to these eight little lights that from the eight unfolded in front of me uh, these these children, four of them, for very clearly, vividly in front of me. And it was a powerful exchange because as soon as I saw them, I recognized myself in them mm-hmm. and I could see their features that were a mixture, non human-like necessarily they were mixed with with something else whether it was reptilian or uh you know maybe grayish skin but their eyes were were about the size of our ocular sockets what you're recounting now is this recounting before you had hypnosis to recount everything this is before you did anything else later yeah so this is an absolute conscious experience Mm. physical conscious experience and um you know, when I was there, I mean, I could feel them, feel them in front of me. They could feel me. And it's almost as if they could read my mind, read everything I had been thinking. And as soon as we had that link and that exchange, I began to have memories in that moment of other times or when I had been with them, which I never remembered before, obviously, mm-hmm. being on board craft, taking care of them as, I don't know, when they were smaller, mm-hmm. uh, even being inside some kind of a surgical uh, environment setting. Um, so it was very, uh, you know, um, you know, I, it was confusing because many questions came up. The questions were, you know, what was my role in this? How did they come to be? What does that mean for our human race? Am I the only person experiencing this? So, you know, the experience was not traumatic per se, but it was shattering enough where my paradigm was completely, everything was coming into question. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that experience, I, a couple hours later at 6 a.m., I ended up at the end of my bed hanging on the side. My body was aching. And, you know, uh, on Monday, because this happened on a Friday, on a Monday, I went back to work, sitting in front of my meditation clients. And the first thing I realized is that I am looking at a ball of light and color in front of me. I, and I'm not, I'm seeing the person's body shape, but I can see 
colors. I can see shapes in their space. I can see these blurry lines around their body. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what had happened is that this experience had activated psychic abilities to be able to see the multidimensional body. And I became so incredibly sensitive that I could pick up everything that they were thinking, feeling, uh, you know, in, in that moment of meditation with them. So I barely made it through that. But I really couldn't leave my house for three months after that because I was so sensitive. I couldn't be in groups of people. Um, so for me, the question was, you know, even myself, I doubted what happened because, mm -hmm. you know, aliens weren't even or extraterrestrials weren't even a part of my reality. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I would call the police the moment that I woke up uh, on that Friday, uh, that Saturday. And um, because I, I didn't know who would help or who to talk to about it, you know. Um, so for me, the proof was these psychic abilities, because it's something that never went away. It started that moment and it never stopped. Mm, there's so many questions that brings to my mind. Um, one thing is when you were with these children, did you feel they had any type of emotional connection with you? Yes, yes. And the, the, the uh, um, impactful thing about the experience is the power of the maternal instinct that entered mm -hmm me the moment that I connected with them. But it was reciprocated from the child because they recognized me, they knew who I was. And there was instant connection, instant recognition, not just with that one, but all four that I had made eye contact with in that moment. And the transference of information was telepathic. You know, I they whatever they would think, they would think back to a memory of a time that I had been with them, and that would pop up in my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if it was like an instant download between all of them, where we became reacquainted with each other, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, at that moment, all the memories started flushing back, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they knew who I was. But for me, I began to feel very sad. You know, they, they, they knew that everything was okay, they felt like it was okay, or everything was as it should be, based on what their role is as these children. Um, but of course, myself, I went in emotionally thinking, you know, am I supposed to take care? Am I supposed to be responsible for these children? Mm -hmm. uh, but I hadn't known about them. So, you know, these are the things that happen. And what they do is they remove you of your emotions immediately throughout the steps because in the very beginning when I was being brought on craft I was terrified and they immediately remove your emotions mm -hmm. he this uh, extraterrestrial basically moved his his hand and said calm in my mind calm and immediately all of the emotions left my body and, and they did that to me three times throughout the night you know when I was when I saw my aunt because I panicked when I saw her in her nightgown just zombied out in front of me and then when I saw the children and I was leaving the children, they uh, removed me of the emotion. And they brought me into a holographic space that looked like a rainbow nebula, like you see back here, which is why I, I paint them now, because mm -hmm. it's uh, a memory, you know, of being in that space, in which for the first time in my life, I felt complete disconnect, but at the same time, connection to absolutely everything, not just in the earth and my, in my life, but in the universe. And it brought such an incredible peace um, that I've always tried to recreate that experience through my meditations, you know, because I, I've, I hadn't known that feeling before that moment. Mm. So, so I believe their intention was to provide 
the acknowledgement that these children were here, were here, the connection between them. Um, and I believe that that connection is an emotional imprint because now I understand, you know, being able to see the multidimensional body, how we absorb emotions. Literally, when we exchange feelings, emotions, thoughts, it's being imprinted in our energetic space, in our energetic body. So I feel that that's instrumental for the development of these children. And that's why a lot of these mothers, hybrid mothers, experience a very specific procedure, right? Everything is in in order. They have the insemination, the gestation process, the extraction, um, and then they have a presentation where the child is presented to them. And I keep hearing this over and over again with a lot of mothers, men and women, that have Mm. experienced that hybridization program. Mm. So you mentioned that you could see yourself in these children. Uh, Two questions. Do you think that they were trying to make these children look more human so they could be on earth and not be recognized? Or do you think that they were just sharing DNA with human to, to stabilize themselves or to, you know, further their own species? So the way that DNA functions, uh, when we're talking about the hybridization program, we're talking about a cocktail of DNA. And what is DNA? DNA is a holographic, uh, infinite database of information that stores information of everything that we are, not just in this current timeline and experience, but everything that we have experienced or even potential timelines that we have access to through, you know, fragments of ourselves. Um, As infinite consciousness, as these souls, what happens when we come into this three-dimensional plane, we experience something that's like a fragmentation of this whole consciousness. And what we are in this physical body is just one fragment of that infinite consciousness that's now experiencing this human body. And so all of the other fragments of ourselves can organize themselves in a range of frequency of, inf- of, of uh, ranges of frequency, which you, we, we know them as archetypes. Okay. And so one of those archetypes, um, or ranges of information, we recognize as human. So for example, in past lives, we can connect to Cleopatra or, you know, King Arthur, whatever it is, we have these certain archetypes on planet Earth that we always seem to cycle through the Mm -hmm. extraterrestrials in this uh, immediate organism of the universe, also experience some kind of fragmentation like that. Okay, so they have, there's ranges of frequency within their races that manifest into their specific uh, races. So there's draconian, reptilian, uh, humanoid, and, and, and uh, even um, even some that look insect, insect-like uh, mantids or something like this. Mm-hmm. So what, what I've seen is that these races really represent ranges of frequency of information, and within them can be very varied, just like humans, just like in the uh, you know American community, we have a, a, many different races that make up that, right? It's a melting pot of cultures and and uh, uh, information. And so they function in that same way. So whatever the end product is, so that hybrid child is a combination of human genetics as well as uh, a gray or a reptilian or a mantid, it provides them the ability to access that specific lineage of information. So they have the ability to tap into those fragments within that within that library of information. And so 
what I think is that the children that are created in those specific agendas, because there's more than one, I've been a part of four different hybridization programs, some that have been very low frequency, very, uh, what we would think as uh, horrible, terrible agenda type things, mm-hmm. and other ones that are supposedly very high vibrational experience that are meant to be very evolved souls. Okay, and so, and then another one is a terrestrial that we have here on Earth which is currently uh, carrying out some kind of, um, you know, cloning type of, of programs, as well as hybridization. Um, but the, the, the currency is the same, right? What, what's the value in all of these programs? It's the, it's the information, it's the data that is held within this organism through the DNA, through these genetics. So the, the product that's being raised on these uh, hybridization crafts um, they, I've been to a couple that look like a honeycomb, and the entire operation is purely dedicated to the hybridization program. Mm-hmm. So this is where they will have, you know, their uh, geneticists. They will have all of these different departments that are specifically about that. Uh, and some of these children are meant to grow up into adult size humans. But some of them, or, or beings, some of them are kept as children as well, or they won't develop past a certain age. Mm-hmm. And, and what, I, what I've realized, it has a lot to do with the vibrational frequency, uh, understanding how this human structure operates. They are utilized sometimes to be brought back into the human timeline which is the reincarnation cycle that you and I experience. And so this is where we start to see hybrids uh, like Mary Rodwell, for example, who uh, writes about the hybrids here on Earth that are incarnating in our our birth here. Um, You know, children at the age of eight are giving you explanations of physics at, you know, some university level. So these incredible, highly advanced children would be the product of those hybrids that are being created. You know, but again, there's many different agendas, so that's just one of them. All right, so you came back after this experience, you went back to meditation, you couldn't leave the house for three months, you kind of probably eventually adjusted back into your life. And then I believe at some point later, you have an NDE. And I'm curious during your NDE, was it anything like being on the craft or anything like being in the um, rainbow, I don't know how, what you called it, but the rainbow. The nebula. The ne- <laughs> rainbow nebula. Was it like that? Or if not, what was it like? Uh, no. Um, the experience was, I, I'd like to say it was a violent detachment of the body Okay. in which, you know, you're... At the moment where you know you're leaving and everything goes black and you start to see that white light, that tunnel of white light. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I realized through that experience is that the moment that you start to see that white light, I was very conscious that I was dying. I was very aware that I was leaving the body. And I began to question, you know, why, what brought me to that experience? And was this really the end? So at that moment, you know, I do energy healing and energy work, I began to to ask myself, you know, what are the contractual agreements to this? Did I not do something? Did I go down the wrong path? Is this in alignment with what's supposed to happen? Because the first thing that you begin to think of is the suffering of other people, like your family and the people closest to you. And I thought it was uh, horrible to impose that pain on them. 
And, uh, you know, I began to ask, what were the contractual agreements? So they presented themselves to me, the contractual agreements. And immediately I saw my family appear there. And ancestors, some ancestors of mine began to appear around me. And uh, what the reason why, you know, I was I was dying is because I, I got bitten by a scorpion. Mm. Okay. And uh, I saw the scorpion. Okay. And, and the contractual agreement with that. And what was interesting is not just astrologically, but it had brought me to a certain alignment in which there was a death that had to take place, I guess, metaphorically and physically at that mm-hmm. point. And when I saw the scorpion and I saw the contractual agreement, the contractual agreement was one of experiencing um, uh, the limitation of, of sexual and creative life force energy in my life. Any kind of doubts of myself had brought me to experience this, this kind of rebirth process. And so when I accepted that, I decided to break those contractual agreements of any fear that I had had in that moment. And then it opened up the, the, the choice of whether I wanted to come back to earth or leave. So um, I decided to come back, even though it would have been easier at that moment to just leave. Um, because, you know, through through the awakening and through the several experiences that I had uh, through the hypnosis, I received so much information in those hypnosis that it was overwhelming. And I had gone through several existential crises at that point that made it very difficult to be a regular person, have regular conversations with people, you know. So it was it was a moment where I had uh, asked, you know, maybe it's just better to that's enough, enough uh, joyride. Let's just leave, you know. So the interesting thing was that when I broke that con- contract and I decided I made the choice to return to be of service to what I was doing, I immediately started to breathe again in my body and this dissolved. Um, another thing that I realized from that experience is that the white light that is available to us there is not always what it seems I believe that the moment that you're leaving, the vibrational frequency that you are, what does that mean? All of the thoughts, the emotions, all the programming, the things that make up your beliefs in that moment of detachment from the body will dictate the next experience of what you will have. So, for example, I saw my family and I was able to break those contractual agreements. But at the same time, uh, you know, there was there was an element of, of not knowing, of uh, maybe fear. And so... It opened up almost as if a black hole uh, opening for me to leave into a different different directions. One that would leave into a place where I would choose where I wanted to go, and another one that would bring me back into the reincarnation cycle. And I chose not to come back into the reincarnation cycle by breaking those contractual agreements. Mm-hmm. So what that taught me is that what we are on another level, on, on the highest level, we are an inter- interconnected network of information, this human race, that has a choice of employing free will. But a lot of times we're not aware of that because we think that we have to continue with the information that is being produced by what we're holding in our DNA, which is, you know, all the ancestral programs 
programming that we're experiencing here on planet Earth. We have the option to break and disconnect from that in order to experience other things. So I think, uh, you know, my life has been an example of breaking those contractual agreements into, into, until I came to this point of complete neutrality. Mm-hmm. And so that death experience um, activated the ability to see holographically into timelines for people mm-hmm. through that experience. Mm-hmm. So it kind of changed my work a little bit. I need to ask you something because I want to clarify it for myself. You use the word quite often contractual agreements, mm-hmm. I believe plural. So who are you making these agreements with yourself or with source or God? And when are you making these? Are this are these something like, or is this something like, okay, before I reincarnate, I make an agreement with somebody that I'm going to do A, B, C, and D in this life and so-and-so? Or is that, that's that, a great question, yeah. yeah. So what, what are contractual agreements? Mm-hmm. Um, they are ex- they're experiential agreements is what I should say, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and, and we make experiential agreements every moment. When I speak to you, my intention behind my words is creating an experience, and it's creating an agreement that we are both experiencing something at this time. And we create those agreements with everyone in our lives at all times. The problem is that when we are in hypnosis, in a state of hypnosis, and the majority of our reality is designed to maintain us in a hypnosis, whether that's through music or television, or, you know, just going into monotonies of experiences, we we tend to check out because we're not comfortable with our feelings and with being in states of unknown or discomfort. So when we do that, the mind goes into this state of repetition um, where we uh, don't realize the kind of agreements that we're making. So, uh, And what runs the show is everything that's in the subconscious mind. So for example, if the majority of my life I've experienced a lot of trauma, then my experiences right now are going to be looking at those files of trauma and making sure that I don't touch any of that painful past. So I'm going to form my personality and my expression, the way I present myself in that way. That's a language. That's a vibrational signature that is, in, in a sense, a magnet to attracting the matching events or experiences for that belief, you know. So when we talk about breaking these experiential agreements, all we're talking about is just becoming aware of your contribution to experience any number of things. Um, and so when, when we're t- w- the thing is that we're, we have many fragments of ourselves. So we make these agreements not just in our everyday life, but there are even fragments of ourselves that are created through trauma. So anytime we experience a moment of complete helplessness or, you know, disconnect, we become fragmented, literally, okay, energetically, and and it's almost as if the soul becomes fragmented. We become suspended in that timeline, in that experience, and now it becomes a reference point for us an emotional reference point. So what we want to do and how we come into that wholeness, a zero point being one healing, uh, is by going back and dissolving those kinds of um, incomplete truths in order to reintegrate and create different perspectives of our experiences. And that way, now uh, having a more broad perspective, not limited from just certain beliefs that are created from that, from those experiences. So uh, this is how we break those agreements. And in dream time, 
we we also have the ability of experiencing these kinds of experiential agreements a lot uh, uh, we we bring in fragments we tap into fragments of ourselves that are in the astral plane that are tapping into the akashic records that are tapping in basically the akashic records are a holographic network system a library per se of all of the events that have occurred on this uh, planet earth and this plane that we all share and also ancestrally within our dna so when we tap into this information we have access to a lot of repetitive trauma that's gone down our 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 uh, family lineages. So this stuff, unless it's resolved, it's going to keep coming up. And the way it comes up, it comes up in many funny ways. You know, it can come up in an extraterrestrial experience. And it means that, that, that you know, that has been something that has gone down your family lineage. And it does, actually. Uh, majority of the experiencers, and this is by uh, a paper roll uh, um, experiment that was done um and I'm sorry, I have the worst memory for names, but uh, it's on my website, hybridmother.com, um, that was able to do a, a survey, you know, interviewing over a thousand experiencers. And what they found was that, you know, the majority of them in their family, they have all experienced um, contact. And it, and it was the same for me without even knowing. When I came out public with my experience, uh, my aunt had, uh, all my aunts down my mother's line had done it, and so had my father. But nobody had ever spoken about that before. Mm -hmm. So see, we are repeating these experiences. And so that's what these contractual agreements are. They are also defining the families that we're going to be born into. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the hybrids that are being made, Everything is so incredibly designed, and it's by this uh, vibrational resonance that we connect with one another, these mm -hmm. souls. So we're, we're kind of put together to experience things collectively, mm -hmm. you know, and it's happening here on Earth, and it's also happening on other planets and other, other spaces. You have an amazing amount of knowledge on this subject, and I want to know, did you have this already before your contact or did this come after the contact? And is this something that was just given to you? Or is this something that after your contact, you decided to look into the subject more and research and study? No, uh, this is something that was a product of a couple of things. Complete deprogramming, mm -hmm. matrix programming. I call it matrix programming. Um, it brought me into a state of zero. And when you come into a state of zero, in a state of neutrality and a constant observation, present moment, um, you have access to infinite amount of information. Okay. And so when I went into hypnosis, I was a clear slate. There was no more trauma. There was no more suffering, no more pain. So it was just clear. And so I believe that's what lended my, the ability to review my current life and then go into past lives to the origin directly of how this uh, contact experience affected my life. And so I was brought to Mesopotamia. And then as I was saying, you know, I, I was shown a map of the world and how these uh, bloodlines seeded life on this planet. And it basically took, took me through the whole history, you know, of the world. And every hypnosis session after that, just downloaded, or I guess I, in other words, I, it's almost as if I traveled the universe, and was able to see how the universe moves, how it, how it, uh, 
how energy moves through ourselves as consciousness, how it moves through all things like these celestial bodies. Um, so it began to really form a really uh, interesting view of, of our reality, you know. Um, so I don't believe that any of this could have been read in any book. And, um, you know, I, I don't read any books even now, because uh, I'm writing my own book. And, and in order to keep this information as, you know, untainted as possible, I try not to watch TV or, or watch movies and, and just write what I'm what I'm doing. And then you guys can make up what your mind what you feel because, you know, it's just my personal experience. It's my perspective through my experience. Mm -hmm. So if anything, uh, why I talk about this is to inspire you to find your truth through whatever experience you're having, because it might be different. Right. So in 2017, I believe is when you started seeing a hypnotherapist. What else did you learn from your contacts that you haven't told us yet? (laughs) You know, it's a lot of of very interesting information, but a lot of it had to do with bloodlines, okay, bloodlines that were preserved historically from the origin of our human race in Mesopotamia, and how they are a product of a mixture of these, uh, we can call them extraterrestrial, I believe they're more interdimensional beings, Uh, to create the human race and with the very specific agendas uh, of seemingly to incorporate systems of control that would produce life force energy, unlimited life force energy to prolong the life of these agendas. So these bloodlines went down from, you know, from Mesopotamia coming out into uh, Asia, into, you know, uh, Russia, uh, to Africa, going into Europe, into, uh, you know, the royal bloodlines, into the Vatican, going all the way into the presidency of the United States. And uh, I was shown that a, a lot of these bloodlines are preserved, meaning that they stay within the family, you know, they they try to preserve it and they are very selective with who they allow to come into the family. And there, and uh, even some of the greatest artists in history have been a part of these great families. Um, but always keeping that power within a very certain dedicated uh, number of, of groups of people. And we see that today. All of that has trickled down, not just in the, in the lineage of presidency that we see in the United States, but also in, in, in the collective. I mean, we, 147 companies own all of the companies on this planet Earth. And those are owned by a very small select group of people that are related and their origins lie within these bloodlines. Hmm. And, um, you know, these are what what the majority of the control systems are operating here are the banks that are 11 main banks that are running and funding this entire system. You know, so when when something goes into a monopoly at that level, you really start to question, you know, where does that leave me? Where are my choices? Um, You know, who who are they? Is it in my benefit? Or is this in the benefit of these great corporations that are basically running the whole show, everything from your entertainment, to your education, to the food you're eating, to the pharmaceutical industry, medical industry. So it really, you really begin to look at how historically, our race has has really experienced a lot of suffering, 
you know, in, in that. And a lot of experimentation also um, of many things which are new technologies that have been put in historically, uh, everything from from Hitler um, to the huge pharmaceutical testing in Africa to, uh, you know, the movement of arms and weaponry uh, in, in the U.S. and with Iran uh, and all, all of these countries that are continuously made to be in a state of war. It's like everything was specifically designed for a purpose. So when you when you wake up at that level and you start to look at the world this way, you know, you really start to question, like, where does your free will play? Do you even have free will? Or are you a product of a society that is maintaining your mind, your body and soul in a certain state? And what's the purpose of that? So the next level is, if if the currency is the information, now connecting it to the hybridization program, because we are we are basically a hybridized race, you know, and the information that we hold within our DNA is what makes us so valuable in a sense, to, to continue uh, creating life force energy for these beings, for these systems that are feeding off that information. So, um, you know, th- this was the information that was shown to me. And I, and I, at the time, hadn't realized, and even uttering the words and then the names of these, uh, you know, ancient races like the Nephilim or the Anunnaki's, or any of these these concepts I had not even touched in my entire life before. So it was interesting to tap into that. And it really goes to show what happens when we clear the slate, you know, and have ability to tap into some information. It doesn't mean it's absolutely accurate, um, you know, but it, it does allow you to have a different perspective on how you're looking at the things around you. And from there, I researched, right? I started to research and everything that I had been shown in my regression was was correct. There was plenty, plenty, plenty of evidence for for these things that were very shocking. You know, in your regressions, did you happen to see like points of time when they would be extracting children from your body? Yes, um, I I saw all of them, um, and I ended up having twenty four hybrid children as a result of these four different programs. And um, early on, the program began at the age of five, uh, which the first uh, experience was um, an implantation of technology in the body. And then um, I was also being utilized as a child for remote viewing um, through that agenda at the same time. Um, you know, so I think what happens is that, you know, we, we are used for the hybridization program, but I think a lot of times we're also pulled into many other different little programs and, and, you know, used to either some, some people experience education, some people experience, uh, you know, being utilized for the psychic abilities. Okay. So, um, the next experience is at the age of 16, I was actually living in South America for two years. I was going to uh, a school there and, uh, I had experienced my first insemination. Okay. And I, I literally became so ill as a result of that insemination. And I thought, um, I thought that it was because, um, you know, I ate something bad. My, my uncle was a doctor and he told me to take an antibiotic, you know, to see if it would help. And, um, I became completely allergic. I couldn't take any medication from that moment forward, even until today. So I don't, you know, I can't, I'm completely intolerant to any kind of chemicals, whether it's Tylenol or whatever it is, I cannot take any kind of drugs. And so um, later on at the age of 
21, 24, you know, uh, 30. And even up until the past year, you know, I'm still experiencing certain things. The most impactful experiences were the times where I would become pregnant without being partnered um, and literally have every symptom of pregnancy show pregnancy. And then after three months, uh, you know, the, the fetus is gone and it would look like a miscarriage of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is the thing, you know, if this is happening and, and I'm not a special case, mm-hmm. I mean, there are thousands of women around the world that are experiencing, and not just women, men that are experiencing this. And every time they go to their doctor, you know, to try to get support, of course, the doctor will give you an explanation that you got pregnant out of stress or, um, you know, it's a blighted ovum. Uh, you know, they, they give you any, it's an anomaly. They they cannot explain it. And of course, I understand, you know, no doctor would sit there and say it's a extraterrestrial inter, interdimensional contact. So, you know, this is something that this is why I'm very, um, it's important to talk about this, because I feel that women out there that are writing me telling me that they go to their gynecologist, and they feel so lonely, so isolated, they're confused. This is not like a regular pregnancy. You, this is a combination of physical symptoms. Most of the time people will get sick. Most of the time they will have marks on the body. They will have dreams, visions directly relating to contact or extraterrestrials. So whether we're experiencing some kind of global psychosis somehow, or we're really involved in some kind of military experiment, or it is the extraterrestrials, I think that we got to talk about it, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of men and women that are confused looking for support in that. What is happening to men? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so men would experience the same thing. And so what they would experience is a very vivid dream of either being attacked, or, um, you know, without permission, uh, physically and sexually, or they will be uh, put into situations where they will have to have intercourse with certain extraterrestrials um, or women that they don't know that are on craft with them. And so, you know, for some of you, you know, it might seem funny and it might you might think it's like a, a joke or, you know, a fantasy that someone might have. But the difference between something like that and these kinds of experiences is that a lot of these men really end up with PTSD as a result of these experiences because they're usually very traumatic. And usually, you know, when they go into those experiences, they, they don't want to participate. They, you know, it's something that's against their will, um, or they uh, somehow put some kind of chemicals in them or some kind of mind control to make them interested in that uh, exchange. Hmm. And so what ends up happening is that they will wake up, um, and a lot of men report uh, waking up almost as if it's from a wet dream. Okay. And so, you know, they're confused, they don't know what to do about it. And uh, they feel they, they go to a psychologist, the psychologist will, you know, obviously either prescribe them medication, or tell them to continue seeking counseling for that. But these are men that are, I mean, CEOs of companies, you know, working everyday lives, um, that are not exhibiting some kind of terrible sexual uh, fetish of some sort. I mean, we're talking about everyday regular people that really feel traumatized as a result of this. And they will also wake up with marks, sometimes uh, what they call scoop marks or marks of uh, dots on their body or markings that show up from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's combined with uh, imagery, very clear, vivid imagery of, of contact. 
Okay, so mm. extraterrestrials. Um, so that's what makes those experiences unique. Mm, that's interesting. I have a question here. Um, do you think that aliens are aware of earthly wars and mass killings like, you know, the wars or the war and there's a war right now going on, I think, Armenia and Azerbaijan. Are they aware of that stuff? And if so, uh, why do they let it happen? Well, here's the thing. We are one. We are one. We're one mm -hmm. organism of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the more we understand that, the less we start to look at things as separate. Okay. One of the things that I'm very, uh, I don't want to say the word passionate, but are, is important to me is to transfer the understanding that we have free will in which we can choose to see things a certain way. Um, and the way we're designed to see them is through this polarity, which we live in, in, in this universe that is in this uh, immediate earth plane that is designed in the law of three, right? The divine feminine masculine unites to create life. Okay, and so that's the law of all living things in this universe. So when we look at that, we there there has to be polarity. Whether that polarity is with, between good and bad, whether it's between uh, we believe it's the humans and extraterrestrials, uh, we are still one race, and the purpose of that is in order to create balance. Um, there is a lot of information about how these extraterrestrials are very much involved in the military, in the government. And if you look at the trace of the DNA, you will very clearly see that. So part of me doesn't feel that there's a separation between these extraterrestrials and the human race and, and what's happening in the governments and stuff like that. There is somehow a, a benefit or a similar um, interest in the suppression of consciousness Okay, of anything, because when something is suppressed in consciousness, it becomes a host for parasitic behavior. So anytime that we reject our own consciousness, we can become open to any kind of uh, parasitic behavior. I want you to look at yourself that way, but also the earth that way, the planet, our entire human race. Anyone that plays a role in either of those polarities is exercising that parasitic consciousness or that rejection of their own consciousness. Um, so uh, all of these things like wars, like things like that, we have to remember that a lot of times are distractions to take us away from what's important here. And the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we begin to make choices that helps shift and change what we're experiencing collectively, whether it's through the dollar and where we put our money, okay, what organizations are we supporting, or whether it's how we feel about ourselves on a daily basis, not coming into a state of victimism, because we are never victim of anything, okay? So all of these wars and everything, a lot of time they are carried out for other reasons that are beneficial to corporations, uh, to other businesses that are profiting from that, other systems, and it's a very complex system. So Education is important. You need to understand why these things are happening and who benefits from them. Mm -hmm. Because when these things are carried out, there's someone that's getting a paycheck somewhere. Okay. And there's some, and, and of course, the suffering is a result of that. Mm -hmm. All of that contributes to the feeding of these low vibrational frequencies that we emanate as a whole race. So, 
uh, it's incredibly important to understand that because when we come into a state of suffering and horror, when we see these things, we emanate uh, at a very low vibrational frequency, and we are more so becoming entangled and attached to the to the physical plane, which utilizes the first three chakras to manipulate and control the humans. Okay, and and that's how we they continue to provide life force energy to sustain these kinds of agendas of control. So, um, I guess the the invitation is to try to pull away from looking at things from black and white. If you look at it from a place that we are one, whether it's extraterrestrials, whether it's these people against these people, um, sooner we'll be able to transcend and, and see the difference between distractions and what we really need to do in this world, which is to create a unity consciousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that works on Earth, and that works even in the galactic space with all of these different kinds of races, because they go through the same kinds of things. It's polarity playing out. You mentioned dreams earlier, and I wonder if you know a lot about dreams. And I haven't had these dreams in a long time, but a few times in my life, I've had dreams where they have seemed more real than real life. I mean, they were real, you know, you wake up and you know, I mean, maybe, I don't know if I was confused or what, but they were so real that it, it were really there. And so what would you say are those type of dreams when you have them? You know, that's a great question. And the thing is that we, what we want to question is what is reality, right? <laughs> what is reality at the end of the day? Okay. We think reality is what we experience here when we have our eyes open and we can, you know, feel things and do things. But the body, when it records information, it doesn't know the difference between you being in waking state and you being in dream state or in some other state of consciousness. So keep that in mind, right? So if the body doesn't differentiate, you know, then where, where do we play a role of our consciousness? Where does our consciousness need to pay attention? When we are in dream time, we are experiencing through the non-physical, the non-body parts of us, we have access to uh, fragments of ourselves, which are in the subconscious mind, through the subconscious mind, have the ability to enter into the Akashic records or the astral plane. The astral plane is the plane that's closest to earth in between the Akashic record. And then above that, we have the spirit and the soul. The layers of our human body are interconnected with the layers of this planet Earth. And where the Earth meets the physical body is within the astral plane and the Akashic records. The Akashic records are the record keeper, the library of all the information that's occurring underneath that. that, So everything on Earth. The astral plane is the navigation of the non-physical aspect of ourselves and all living organisms on this planet. So this is where we meet and we connect with each other. So when you are in dream time and your level of awareness, it's incredibly important to train yourself to become more conscious in that dream time. So if you have a dream that's incredibly vivid, it means that you are uh, experiencing through that astral plane very much conscious and aware. And so there's different levels of consciousness, even in that dream time, even in that astral plane. The ones that you're more awake are the ones closer to your physical body and your physical experience. 
um, the way that the physical body is is set up, it's more like a hologram, really. Everything, I mean, every single cell in the body is oscillating to create a toroidal field that creates a network of information that now uh, creates a network over all the entire body that's now communicating with one another. And one of those, uh, so the brain communicates with every part. The brain doesn't store the memory. The entire body stores memory, okay? So holographically, everything that we are holding on to in the body can be projected into a memory or can be projected into dream time, and we can live out those experiences. We, within that space, have fragments of ourselves that are in the future, in the past. Um, part Those can be extraterrestrial parts of us, and that is being reflected from your DNA, whatever you're storing within you. Every single experience that you've had, every lifetime, which time is not linear, it's more like an like a spherical form is is what time looks like. And we're just looking at those reference points. We're just activating those reference points through the subconscious mind. And we have access to those points through dream time. So it's great that you had a very conscious experience. Um, A lot of times what we're doing in dream time is what we're not doing in waking time. So whether that's your spiritual work or some kind of healing, you know, we all have our personal dictionary as to how we need to translate those dreams. And they're very personal. They're very unique to your experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, connect with it, dream, uh, meditate on it, and try to understand what is the message through that, what part of you is experiencing that and why, you know. What do you think about when you dream about people in your dream that you have never met in your life ever, never even seen these people, and somehow you're interacting with people in a dream state like that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, uh, that's your fragments. You're meeting your fragments of yourself. Uh, you know, the way that we, that the body looks like it's like a, it's like a spider's web. Think of a spider's web. You're at the center of that spider's web. And every single point that's a connector, you know, to that web is a reference point of information. And so, you know, like I said, we're one, we're one, we're one human race. And you may think you never connected with that being before you never saw them, but you're tapping into the part of you that has you're tapping into the part of you that has. And so uh, for me, for example, my dreams, a lot of time I'm doing healings on people that I have never met before. Okay. Um, but so I've, there's been occasions where later down the road, I will get an email from a client and they will write me and they will say, I had a dream with you and I've never met them before. And mm-hmm. we were doing work and it turned when they, when I see them, their profile or I see their picture, it was the person that I saw in my dream. So it goes back to those experiential contracts that we were talking about earlier. Um, as one race, I mean, we have agreements in this one time, lifetime to reconnect with those parts of us. And everyone is a mirror of ourselves. You're a mirror of me. Uh, all of these listeners here are mirrors of us in some way. And so we are reflecting back certain information that's key to this moment for us. So the thing is to pay attention, right? To pay attention. What's the exchange that's needed? What's the lessons that we're learning? Or, you know, what what's the new thing that we're experiencing in that moment? Um, I think we, we uh, when we begin to dissolve those contractual agreements, not only are you affecting yourself, but you're affecting your entire ancestral lineage also. Keep that in mind. Every time that you do some work, the people are affected. And this is how we unite 
globally, how we can come into that collective consciousness. Now, I think that you mentioned that you are still having some type of com- contact. Am I, if I'm right about that, if you are, do you know what's happening consciously or do you occasionally go get hypnosis and then see what's been happening to you more recently? I, I don't really get hypnosis uh, anymore because it's all very conscious now. And as a hypnotherapist, I, I hypnotize myself when it's necessary, if I need to. Um, but, you know, I, I just recently had contact experience where, um, you know, I, I saw UFOs. And that's not something that I'm, uh, that's been very big in my experience is seeing a lot of UFOs. But uh, literally a couple weeks ago, I saw the UFO and I was, I was out jogging with someone and when I, I felt something looking at me, and when I look up, I see, I see the UFO, and it's literally hovering above me. And when I say UFO, it wasn't a craft. It was just a light, a light mm-hmm. that would just continue to follow. And three of them appeared and were moving around in, in incredible ways and then moving out, you know, moving up out of the space. Um, so you know that it's not a drone. It's not like a... Uh, you know, uh, airplane or maybe even military, maybe it's military. There's a lot of military craft that has a lot of advanced technology that we don't know about. Um, but it was, a, it was interesting. But what followed that was the dream. And I always know that I'm going to have contact because I, my awareness will change throughout the day. I'll become aware of myself and some kind of inner connection of some sort that becomes aware. And also there's pressure the pressure changes in my environment several times throughout the day. And I know that that's an indication that I'm going to have contact. Um, so that evening I had the contact. I actually painted it. It's that painting behind me. You can't really see it. But I I had this one of these very conscious dreams where I'm approaching these three UFOs. And underneath that are these white beings of light. And so they transfer some information to me. So these are the things that happen, you know, but, you know, what, what's interesting about these experiences is that this is your own consciousness talking to yourself, okay? There is nothing outside of you. We are co-creating these experiences. And somewhere in the subconscious mind, part of me wanted to experience this. And so it brings forth this experience. So ultimately, the biggest message when it comes to contact is that we are never victims of our contact. Uh, Very easily early on in these experiences, when I heard my regression of the abductions that I had when I was a child, I mean, when my parents heard it, they were horrified. You know, they were like, oh, my gosh, how is that possible um, that you would experience such a thing? And, you know, a lot of people call me and let let me know that they're very traumatized from those experiences. But the thing is that we experience that for a reason. And if we're conscious of it in this life, that's that means that there's a reason for that. You have to work with that information. It is it is an invitation to the interdimensional uh world you know the non-seen world we have the ability of connecting with and interacting with and you have a role in that somehow whether it's to share your story or you know to work with that space so um you know now the experiencers are very much conscious very much aware and i know that they are 
in alignment with what I need to do. And all of the negative experiences that I was experiencing with the military, for example, which I have had, uh, military abduction, that was an abduction, um, where I was taken uh, from an Airbnb at a conference. And that was a very traumatic experience, very vivid and real one, separate from these ones. If I'm right, I think you were just saying that you consciously chose or people are consciously choosing to be contacted. And if so, I thought you said your first contact was when you were five. So do you think back then you were consciously choosing that? Yeah, that's a great question. And it goes back to these experiential contracts. So what after researching my own hybridization program, my question was, where does my free will lie in the fact that I didn't consciously in this life agree to be implanted with these children and give birth to these children. So at what point does my uh, agreement for this take place? And what I found is that we make these agreements, I mean, throughout this entire human experience of reincarnating, any time that we reincarnate in the physical reincarnation cycle, mm-hmm. and that is basically... Uh, a, a matrix, a holographic network of information that is in this timeline that we're experiencing. Anytime we choose to come back to this timeline, this collective experience, we are abiding by the laws of this creation. And in this creation, we're experiencing polarity. And when there's polarity, there's always going to be an exchange between the light and the dark. There's going to be parasitic consciousness, and there's going to be aspects that are non conscious of themselves that open themselves up to that parasitic behavior so you can experience that at any time in your life like we mentioned earlier you can even in dream time be traveling the akashic or you can be traveling the astral planes and if you're not conscious and aware and your intentions are not in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing there you can very easily match some kind of experience that's matching that kind of fear subconsciously, that doubt, that insecurity, and that will manifest into these kinds of experiences. So our mind is incredibly powerful, and it really speaks to the control that we have over the co-creation process. It begins in your subconscious mind. Right now, we are all cycling through the traumas within our families, but collectively, we're also cycling through traumas within the human race. And the human race, for eons, since the very beginning of life, insemination on this planet, you know, we're experiencing a dance between this parasitic and non-parasitic consciousness that we have a choice of whether to participate in or not. So... These experiences were agreements that were made in past lives where I was not aware and was not choosing consciousness. I was rejecting my own consciousness and they could have been made in the astral plane in those moments and within this life. So this life is just one conscious fragment, one one uh, fragment of myself that's living this Geraldine life in this physical body. I have other fragments of myself that are living out other lives, other other possibilities, and we all do, you know. So we have access to those, and it's all interconnected. Hmm. How long do you think these programs have been going on? These different programs of hybridization. You know, I I think that. Uh, it's more than just a program of hybridization. I think what we're talking about is the exchange of consciousness, 
Okay, so exchange of information, which in this particular dimension, we're experiencing or exploring polarity. Okay, so we're going to be moving through these kinds of of, of uh, uh, experiences, you know, either taking or receiving creation or destruction. So I think what it is, it's just a manifestation of that. It's just one of the many millions of manifestations of that. I think that in this current uh, organism of consciousness that we live in, imagine this world, this galaxy, this universe, one cell inside of a multiverse of different cells, there's other potentials, there's other laws of creations in those universes. So I think that it's just uh, the exchange of that. Uh, And when we look at the history of how this entire matrix was created in the beginning, all it is, is the source, an aspect of source that wanted to experience its individuality through polarity, right? That, that's all it is, really. So I really invite you to look at things like this, you know, to, to look at it like this from a higher level of the exchange of consciousness and the awareness or lack of awareness, because we can get lost all day in storylines of extraterrestrials and wars and galactic wars and earth wars. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about is that either awareness or the lack of awareness of these conscious organisms and the exchanges that occur as a result of this lack or awareness, you know. So it's something that's a part of the design of this exchange that we are agreeing to experience right now temporarily. Do you believe that humanity is evolving? And I'll kind of share a story to kind of say my point of view. Several years ago, I went to the opera to see The Marriage of Figaro. And all those songs that you hear in cartoons, most of them come from that opera so it's a delightful opera to watch because you know all the music i think it's that opera is 400 years old and i don't speak italian the words came across a board on the top so i could understand what's going on but after i watched that opera i felt like in 400 years just the problems they go through the situations all the storyline humans have not changed in 400 years we are still the same people the same problems the same way of acting only thing has changed is technology so do you think that we're evolving or or getting any better and hopefully so with hybridization we're not going anywhere Thank you so much for noticing that. (laughs) Because, you know, in my early journey, that was one of the questions that I had, you know, and even before I I even got into any of this, when I was experiencing suffering, uh, thinking that I was a victim of my life early on when I was in meditation journey, you know, my question was, why do we experience suffering? And I had the same question, like we experience for centuries, the same stories, uh, you know, the mother is not here or is here, the father's not here, is not here. We have broken families, broken uh, cultures, we have religion doing this, uh, you know, there's so many things play a part. It's like they have these designated roles that create a very structured, compartmentalized reality that we're experiencing. So, you know, what what I found out, what I have seen through my journey and through through all of this information in my research is that we are part, when we enter into this earth, we 
are adapting to these uh, archetypal um, lineages of thought and consciousness that we are assigning ourselves to experience. So when we enter into those lineages of thought, our life is going to match that, whether it's going to, you know, heighten those experiences, trigger those experiences in order to experience that lineage of thought. So the question is, okay, so how many lives have I reincarnated here? Hundreds of thousands, maybe, you know, we've all been here such a long time. Why do we keep coming in and we keep relearning the same lessons of pain, of suffering? Ultimately, if you narrow down all of those different experiences, you're going to be met with two polarities that you're experiencing. We're all choosing between either love or fear. At the at the end of all of those experiences, those are the two roots of experience that we have to choose from. And so uh, at the end of the day, what we're here to do is to choose from those two. And one of them is a destructive life force energy and the other one is a creative life force energy. So I think that it's something that that I hate to use the word trap, but it's like a reincarnation trap in a sense, that when we come in, we're assigned to these storylines to experience. But it's up to you and the awareness that you have of having free will in order to choose whether you're going to play along like the theater with that lineage that was assigned to you, or you're going to break that program and find what you are. Because when you do, you realize that you are that fractal of infinite consciousness that's not limited to the beliefs and programs and pain stories that you thought you had to live through and be a product of. The, the human has the choice of changing timelines just by making those choices between fear and love. So um, whether we are evolving, the entire universe is moving in, in a structure of a, of, a, of a spiral. And this is actually scientifically proving we're actually moving in the form of a spiral. And what that means is that evolution is inevitable. It's, we are in constant change. We are constantly evolving from one point to the other. And every time that we move in this sphere, we are moving through dimensions constantly, multiple dimensions, right here, right now. You and I are moving through many dimensions at one time. Um, and so the trajectory of this uh, multiverse functions in a way where it moves in the form of an infinity cycle. Okay, through this spiral. And the closer it gets to the center point of that infinite uh, trajectory, things begin to speed up. Okay, it begins to oscillate at a higher level. This is the point that we are reaching right now. Okay, at the, at the far ends of this infinite uh, infinity cycle, it's slower. Okay, so we've, we're coming in and out of these cycles in history. And if you look at history, it's very interesting. You do see that pattern. It's like every time a civilization gets to the highest point of their technology, it's almost as if a certain reset happens or a certain change shift happens in the in the planet Earth. So, we're going into that center point right now where we're coming into another height. That's why it really does feel over the, the past 10 years that time has sped up, you know, things are even our manifestation abilities, technology is always going to cat 
try to meet and catch up to the organic. So we're coming into transhumanism now, right? And so all this technology is coming out, the consciousness, how we tap into tele telepathically with one another. All of these things are becoming activated within the DNA because we're coming to that point, to that pinnacle point in, in this evolutionary cycle. So uh, our awareness of spirituality is inevitable, it's just the choice. What happens is that if you don't catch up to that vibrational frequency that we're moving in collectively, more than likely you will go through a recycling system, right? And you'll, you know, come back into this reincarnation uh, cycle. So, uh, you know, is evolution uh, something that we're going through? I think it's a natural part. I think we're constantly evolving through it. Um, and I think that our awareness dictates how you experience that evolutionary process. And um, that's it. Do you think that with this evolutionary process, it appears that UFOs are being more disclosed now? It's, you know, it's, they're more in our psyche now. More people are having experiences, contactee, like even, I think recently I saw that Miley Cyrus saw an alien and looked at it in the eyes. Um, so do you think that the, all of that is also with our evolution where, you know, they're becoming more apparent on the planet? Yeah. And, and with this question, I forgot to answer the part of the hybrids, you know, mm -hmm. how are the hybrids playing a role in that evolution? Um, do I feel that they're playing a role? I mean, I think that they are genetically modified to uh, much like artificial intelligence in a way, in order to support the system as it's jumping through technology, you know, it's going into higher levels of technology right now. And in the next three, four years, we're going to we're going to feel a very huge leap in technology, things that have been building up to this point, and especially what we're going through right now in the world, which will enable a reset of that technology and implement a lot of technologies like things that have been happening in China, for example, with, uh, you know, this kind of unified uh, surveillance system, rating systems, all of these things play a role. And you know, our genetic information has been uh, put into databases for years now, okay, through 23andMe and all these different companies that are holding on to that. So it, it, the next step, I foresee that the DNA will be kind of like your new ID system, I think, in the very near future. So when we talk about hybrids, for example, I think that these highly advanced beings that are being put back into uh, the reincarnation cycle are, in a sense, markered with that intelligence, with that consciousness that will help lead and move that technology forward. Now, part of it, I believe, are specific agendas to push that technology forward. Other parts of it, uh, we can say, are also consciousness that is also, along with everything, evolving, right? We're be it's not evolving, we're just becoming more aware of it at this time, because it's almost as if the veil is thinning between the physical and the non-physical, and I think that that's a natural next step when we're getting to these uh, levels of where technology is merging with consciousness. I think that's the natural next step. You begin to question consciousness, quantum field and all these things, you know, where you're looking beyond the physical field. Um, so do I feel that they're going to help us? I think that uh, we don't rely on anything external from us to help us. I think mm -hmm. that it's our responsibility right now, whether we choose uh, to come into that creative life force of conscious awareness or not. And that's, that's going to be true always, right? So that's also going to dictate 
the path that we take here collectively, whether we're going to go more towards AI or more towards the organic, mm -hmm. that those are kind of the, th the, the roads that we're taking or the merging of the two. Um, now, UFOs and sighting, do I feel that they are coming up more? I feel that, you know, the whole concept of disclosure is um, a pretty... Uh, it's like a cynical joke, I think, you know, in terms of the government um, coming out with it. Um, I, I know that Trump has uh, created this, uh, you know, this space force, uh, whatever. Um, and I, I believe that uh, what that did was kind of bring it into the mainstream, which is interesting, you know, preparing for the new technology that's going to be implemented soon, you know. Um, I think that the government has had a lot of incredibly advanced UFOs and craft for a very long time. And we are baby-fed little amounts of the technology, which is extremely advanced right now, okay? And uh, so uh, what, what we're going to see probably in the next couple of years is, uh, you know, all of the things that they've been working on for the past 10 years. Uh, but some of these UFOs are terrestrial. They are the government, and we're going to start seeing those lenticular crafts, you know, all kinds of interesting craft out there will be uh, released, I think. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to say. All right. So you said that you've received many, many emails. So are people allowed to contact you? And if so, if you interact with the public, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. If you guys want to, uh, if you're an experiencer, um, or a hybrid parent, a woman or a man that is experiencing something, please reach out to hybridmother.com. And you can email me there at geraldine at hybridmother.com. You can join the support group. I have a calendar there for you to check out. And um, if you would like to get a DNA reprogramming with me or hypnotherapy, you can find me at geraldineorosco.com. And you have all the information there. Um, for any kind of resources or free uh, meditation and energy work, you can visit my YouTube at Geraldine Orozco. So, yeah, thank you so much. Sure. So you're in the middle of writing this book. Are you involved in any other projects that you want people to know about? Um, a lot of fun stuff. Um, right now, um, you know, I, I invite you guys to check out Opus, which is a, a research. Uh, I'm on the director's board of, of this research organization that uh, studies the phenomena, UFO and phenomena. So please do support. Check that out. We're going to be putting, pushing out some very fun things out in the next couple of months. Um, and I'm also going to be speaking at the Human Origins Conference 2021. Um, and... Um, the Higher Self Conference uh, in 2021. You can find all of that stuff on my website. I have uh, new conferences and upcoming events. There's also some uh, shows on uh, Travel Channel that will be coming out uh, on The Experiencer and some other uh, projects that I'm working on uh, that will be on TV as well, you know, just informational documentary stuff. So I look forward to connecting with all of you. And um, yeah. All right. Um, and I believe you were also in a film recently. What was the name of that? Yeah, it's called Extraordinary the Seeding. And it's uh, based on, it's a documentary on the hybridization program. So it's a 13-time winner. Uh, very well done documentary. So go ahead and check that out. I think it's on all viewing platforms. Um, you can check out. All right, Geraldine, before we wrap it up, do you have one last message that you'd like to share with people? And actually, before you, you can either include this in your message, but... 
And I wanted to ask this earlier. I found it fascinating that the polarity is love and fear, not love and hate. You know, for me, I, I was kind of thinking, okay, the opposite of love would be hate, but it, it sounds like you're saying it is fear. So can yes. you count, comment yes. on that and then give us your final message? Yeah, thank you so much. And that's kind of exactly where I would want to end, mm-hmm. you know, this uh, this chat. Um, when we talk about, I mean, in order to hate, we have to see ourselves as separate from something. And when we see ourselves as separate as something, we are fearing the unknown. So the root of all these emotions in, let's say, the lower ones or the ones that are more separate consciousness are fe- is fear. So you, in order to hate, you have to fear first. You, you fear something that you feel very separate, disconnected from. Um, so so the, the, the message that I have is, you know, the key to unlock this incredible potential of the human body, this incredibly advanced biotechnology that we are, is to embody unconditional love. Um, and, you know, the love of the self is something that we have to train ourselves, teach ourselves to do. And it's something I'm very passionate about teaching. I do have courses on that. You can definitely reach out if you want that. But the purpose of that is that just by the design as infinite consciousness becoming aware of itself through all possibilities, we are that it's like a ray of white light that is shining on a prism that then fragments into a rainbow spectrum. We are that rainbow spectrum. The chakra system is that rainbow spectrum. So what we're experiencing through this polarity is an opportunity to return or to experience going through that fragmentation into that whole white light again. And that white light is that unconditional love, which is all-inclusive. It is taking everything as a part of yourself, and that is inherently the design of all things micro-macro. So the sooner we come into that consciousness, into that state of awareness, the sooner we activate the superpowers that this body has, such as intuition, such as co-creation, manifestation, we begin to play the real game of this matrix, okay? And, and we come out as a creator, that godlike being that we were designed to be. So I just leave you with that. And uh, thank you again for having me on this platform. It's been a pleasure. Oh, yeah, that was a great message. Um, Geraldine, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I wish you massive success with your book and everything else that you endeavor to do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Much love. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.